Hello and welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I'm the hostess and creator of this podcast and podcast network. Think Fit Be Fit is the intersection of exercise mechanics, movement science, movement expertise, and embracing curiosity. This ongoing conversation about the nuances of training will help trainers, coaches, and fitness lovers connect deeper to their exercise and the process of exercise science. Thank you so much for being here. We are almost to our 100th episode and we are very close to 20,000 downloads. Please don't stop now. Keep subscribing and please share this with people who you know want more out of their exercise and I would love it if you could leave us a review and tell us what you're learning because effective exercise is highly underrated and it's my goal to share the beautiful science of how we can optimize our health with connected and intelligent exercise, which is something we practice and preach at my studio in Alexandria, Virginia. If you're new to the show, I am the owner of Impact Your Fitness in Virginia. I'm a neuromuscular specialist, and we work with a lot of athletes, including golfers, which is why I am really excited about this episode. It's the second part of the conversation between Trevor and I. So Trevor is an experienced golf instructor that is the Dormy Network's Director of Instruction and Player Development and the owner of TrevorSalzmanGolf.com. Trevor, S-A-L-Z-M-A-N, golf. I've had the pleasure to get to know him, and this conversation confirmed what I knew from the moment we met. This guy's a big thinker. He's a deep thinker. And he's not shy about his experience and shares so much of his journey in this part of the conversation, which includes working through your ego in golf. It includes the mental side of the game. We talk about essentially these constructs of self-development through sport. And I am so here for it. I love these conversations. There's a reason why... The strength and conditioning and sport coaches, um, these episodes are the best because I really love these topics. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know him even more. He even shares some hot tips on what you spend your money on for golf improvement. So if you're a golf enthusiast like me, this episode is has a lot of valuable information from a really sought after coach instructor Trevor about you know not wasting your money and your time which honestly I was until I met him I promise like he he changed my swing for the better immediately within just it was of miraculous we talk about that a little bit in this episode so um yeah no matter what score that you're chasing or a uh, handicap this is still valuable information if you're a trainer uh strength and conditioning coach this is a great episode because you you will be hearing more of that inside information about how to get strong and and be a 
forward thinker in this industry, which is growing rapidly. And if you are a fitness lover, a movement lover, this stuff still applies to you because we are talking about the athletic mindset and how approaching your exercise, your sport with an athletic mindset will serve you for the long term, which to me is the most important thing is that this information is helping you learn how to be better, do better, and be more efficient with your leisure exercise movement time. Please head on over to thinkfitbefitpodcast.com to sign up for the newsletter. I curate and write those every month. They are super special. So those newsletters go out twice a month and I'll probably start doing it three times a month in the new year. The next thing I encourage you to do is let us know what you are learning. This is so important. Like I, like I've said a million times, uh, being part of the process is not just observing. It is getting a little uncomfortable, questioning your beliefs and being aware of what choices you have to help your body and be its best advocate. Let us know. You can reply to the newsletter directly. You'll get my email address and be able to have a, you know, short email conversation about what you're dealing with. And who knows, we might, uh, have a lot to talk about. And the other way is through Instagram and Facebook. We are at think fit, be fit podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. We have live events. I want to be a part of, you know, so many things uh, when it comes to building this podcast community. So reach out. I want to hear from you. And myself, you can find me on Instagram at Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz. I share lots of workout videos and what I'm doing. It's more strength training workouts. And some of my golf, um, very, very small achievements. (laughs) I'll share there on that Instagram account. And I also talk a lot about how to build confidence in your body and how to be your best. It's my passion. So I hope to see you there. Um, But before you go, please check out our affiliate, which is ladder.sport. And use the code BFIT10 for your first order or any order of the supplement line that LeBron James created with his trainer. Now, this is a supplement line that is NSF um, certified, which is very important. This is a very hard certification to get, and it means they've invested in the quality of their product. I've started using their pre-workout and their protein Go to ladder.sport and use code BFIT10 for your discount. Enjoy the show. But again, we don't have to gain 40 pounds to get that. I promise. Like my one of my clients, uh, two people came in last week, got a uh, golfer. One is um, an amateur. And the other one um, won his senior club champion, whatever, his championship. They came in both the same week, and they were like, man, I won my tournament. I felt like crap the week before. But they 
they had confidence in their body and and like that i think allowed them or gave them more permission to focus on the mental amen and so that they wouldn't and like particularly one golfer yeah i know i know he's going to listen to this podcast <laughs> um he um goes through so many cues in his head and then as soon as he simplifies it it clicks for him yeah you know this he's i mean this is the same it's same amateur that i'm talking about he well knows this and it still surprises him but what's i think what's new is having the confidence in the body and yeah, I, well, for sure. I mean, confidence breeds confidence. Mm. Um, and like you said, I mean, that's where I was saying, I mean, the mental side of the game is one of the most underutilized parts in golf. Uh, I mean, it's something that I, especially during this pandemic that I've really, 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 I've kind of been in a, a rabbit hole trying to learn as much as I can about the mental side of the game. Cause you sit here and a lot of the, a lot of times, like for for me to be able to relay a message to a student is I've got to test some of this stuff out on myself. How do I react to it? Uh, what's going through my head? Um, I'm going to go out and I'm going to play around a golf and I'm going to do about it thinking about golf swing and thinking about technique. Um, good things don't happen when I'm yeah. constantly thinking, thinking, thinking. It's really, really hard to be athletic and be reactive and be present uh, because I'm almost too internal thinking about, okay, I'm up here. I've got to make sure my right arm moves external on the way down. So the club shallows early and it allows me to turn versus whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, truthfully, this is one of the things I've told a lot of my students and a lot of people might call me crazy for this is I'll say to them, like, once you step over the ball, I want you to forget everything I've ever taught you. I want you to focus on target, uh, this is a thing I've gotten into this conversation with uh, a lot of people, um, a sports psychologist, his name's Dr. Brett McCabe. And uh, he said, he used this as a really good example. He said, okay, uh, Michael Jordan, he's shooting a free throw. Did Michael Jordan watch the basketball to make sure that his hand and his arm was in a perfect position to release it? No, it's reactive. Mm -hmm. That's what we put our practice time in for is building nerve memory, building uh, I think muscle memory is a thing in the past, but building more nerve memory and trusting that the work that we're doing on the range is going to carry over into how we react to certain situations better. Uh, and then having the ability going out on the golf course to be able to clear our mind and literally focus on the visualization side of the game, picturing shots that we want to hit um, and really more than anything, just being free when you're out there. And then once the shot's over, it's over. Okay? I mean, there's nothing we can do to change what's happened in the past. The only thing we can do is try and prepare and analyze what we did good slash what we did bad in the past and how we can get better at that. Mm. Um, I use myself as an example. Okay, uh, When I was a kid and I was playing junior golf, I was a perfectionist. If I miss hit a golf shot, I could, I could miss hit a golf shot with a wedge and hit it to 20 feet, and I'm, I'm, I'm numb-chucking a wedge down the fairway, pissed off, screaming, cussing, snapping clubs over my knees because I always viewed everything as technically I have to be perfect. Yeah. Where uh, The last time I checked when Michael Jordan hit a game winner and it bounced off the rim, hit the backboard, hit the other side of the rim and went to the basket, he wasn't walking off the court going, 
<laughs> God almighty, I can't believe that hit the rim. Or something like that. Isn't it? <laughs> okay. You guys excited, okay? Obviously, we get lucky sometimes, okay? We should actually be impressed that our body has the awareness to be able to adapt that, okay, we messed up, but we somehow saved it. And we hit a good shot because of it, okay? That's a cool thing that happens. That's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. if, you look at, if you look at that as a weakness when you're under pressure or whatever it might be, I wish you the best at luck succeeding in golf or exceeding at whatever you're trying to do in life, for that matter of fact. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, the, it, so for you, the mental side is separate from like the physical and like the technical, obviously. Absolutely. But it's also separate from, I, I would say your, your IQ, like your defensive strategy, like how you're placing and stuff like that. Or is it, kind of on that oh, side. Oh, so, so every situation that we're in, okay, I think you have to take this into part when you're getting ready for a shot. There's a, there's risk reward analysis. Mm. Okay? Obviously it's going to depend on where you're at in a tournament or where you're at in a round of golf. Um, okay. If you have a shot where there's water left, water short and water right. Okay. That might not be the time to try and hit a three wood from 280 yards and it's all carry. And, I have nowhere for, there's nowhere for me to miss the shot. If I do miss the shot a little bit left, I don't need to add that shot to my, it's not worth the risk. In other words, mm -hmm. if I hit it in the water, I've now at least added one shot to my score on that hole. Most likely, unless I hole out from wherever it is. And I make a shot that I might make one in 2000. Got the risk doesn't outweigh the reward there. So there's always risk analysis in that. It's okay. But once you commit to the decision that you make, okay, I use practice swings as an example to pre-program feels that I want to take into a shot. Okay. Once I make those practice swings, I'm done. I'm not thinking anymore. I use, I go highly, I go really deep into breathing techniques. Uh, like for me, I'll close my eyes and I'll go deep breath in through my nose. And I'll go out through my mouth to where, my whole body almost feels like it becomes heavy. Uh, it's something that I would refer to as getting in the zone or clearing my mind so that I can become present in the situation that I'm in and now start to focus on the target. What is my start line and being able to hit a golf shot versus thinking, how much do I need to turn? How much does my right arm need to move internal versus external? Um, all that stuff's pre-programmed for me already before I, walk up to the golf ball and hit. So yeah. those are things that I would say, and that's where I'm, I'm separating technique from the mental side of the game to playing golf versus playing golf swing. I promise you, if you play golf swing all day on the course, I wish you the best of luck. Um, <laughs> well, you brought up it. So what's interesting about that, what you just said is you've heard of the flow state. Yeah. Yeah the thing that you're trying to promote like through, you know, techniques of breathing and um, visionary techniques is actually just setting them up to learn better. One, yeah. two, it's better for like, it's supposed, I think preliminarily I would like to say that it would be better for your tissues, your brain and your muscles. Yeah, because when you're learning better, you're producing more brain chemicals that also clean out your like per, uh, 
let's say, promote the cleaning out of your brain. It puts more antioxidants into your bloodstream. These are all gotcha. healthy things like that will keep you the longevity factor in in the conversation. How right. long can we do this? How long can we be active? And if you are learning while you're golfing and you're in the flow state, you're getting more. Yeah. More of everything. Yeah. So um, I hope it's an easier sell now that you and then, and then on top of that is on top of that as well is then it's being able to turn this guy on and turn it off as well. Okay. Because once the shot's done and you've finished analyzing what happened, whether it be good, whether it be bad, okay. This again now. Go ahead and enjoy where you're at. I mean, look around, look at the sky, look at the, the trees, look at the setting that you're in, because this guy right here, he can't be go, 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 go for four and a half to five hours straight without a rest. Otherwise, by the time you might play good for four or five holes, but I guarantee you after that, you will be so mentally exhausted from doing that, that you're probably not in your optimal level for performance. Yeah. So you've got to be able to turn that on and off. And yeah. you've got to be able to clear your mind. Um, you can't hit a shot and then constantly say, okay, all right, my next shot's this. I've got to start. I figure my yards might be here. I've got to think about where do I want the club? Do I want to do this? Do I want, to, do I want the ball to be long? Do I want to be short? How much do I want to curve it? And your mind's just in a, a tornado effect and it's just spinning, 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 and the wheels never stop. You're going to mentally exhaust yourself. And that was how I used to play golf when I was younger. I remember I would finish a tournament and there were days where, if I had a drive that was more than 30 minutes to get home, I would have to pull over half the time because I couldn't keep my eyes open. Oh my God. <laughs> mentally exhausted. I mean, you think about a, a competitive round of golf, generally speaking, you're showing up somewhere between one and two hours before your tea time. You're practicing, you're getting yourself mentally ready. You're hitting shots. Um, while it might not seem like a lot, your body, you're, you're burning calories doing that. And then you can go, you can go even deeper into how do you, how do you keep yourself in shape when you're on the golf course? What do you want to eat? How often are you supposed to eat? Um, because this whole time while you're out there walking or you're swinging a club, you're doing this athletic motion and moving the way that you are, you're burning calories. This guy's working and you're, you're, you're exhausting yourself. And so me, I wasn't a big eater when I was a kid. Okay. I was a thinker, think, think, mm -hmm. think, think. By the time I finished those four, five, six, seven hour days from a competitive competitive round of golf, I could barely make it home. Mm. I could I couldn't wait to just get on the couch and just finally that was the only way I knew how to unwind was just all right, I gotta get home and I've just got to lay down. Yeah. And then it takes you to and the recovery process from that's pretty pretty difficult. If this is constantly on the go, if your brain is constantly on the go for four hours straight. Yeah. I mean, and then you can even become addicted to that too. It's just like mm -hmm. your automatic, your go-to wheelhouse that you know it. It's not helping. Um, <laughs> it's not helping, and it's probably not healthy either. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's just uh, it's it's kind of toxic. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that then that if you think about it in that regard, then it's it's a pretty big thing that I can see why you focus on it. Yes, it's, students. yeah, it, it, in my opinion, it, it takes up about 80% plus of the game. Once yeah. you, once you, once you learn how to hit a golf ball, you can hit it solid for the most part. 
you have a general idea of what your distances are. Like, I'm not saying if you've never hit a golf club in your life before, let's go dive straight into the mental game because mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be successful. You don't have motor patterns or skill sets yet to make a golf ball go a certain direction that you want. And you don't understand the yardages that you might hit certain golf clubs. Okay? You've got to learn those things before you can dive into the mental side of the game, start keeping track of statistics to start to perform, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just right back to my development process right there that I use. Yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, I, I think my clients, the ones that are going to listen to this will benefit from that. And even though they, they have great coaches, it's like, uh, I just don't think people can hear that enough. Um, based on how long I've been in sports, when I meet a athlete that has that um, approach, it's very rare. It's so rare. And it's uncomfortable to get there. You know, um, it's not easy to tell a grown man to breathe. They don't want to do no. it. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I mean, and that, and that's one of the things as well. I mean, if we, if we continue to dive into to the mental side of the game, one of the things that prevents us, in my opinion, from reaching levels that we want to get to in life and in sports and so forth, everything comes right back to ego. It's like, oh, I'm not doing yoga. Why would I do that? (laughs) That's what this person's supposed to do. Or that's what a gymnast is supposed to do. Uh If you're, or or like, or back to your point, learning how to breathe certain ways. Like I'm not kidding you. Breathing techniques. I was the same way when I was 17. If you'd have tried to tell me how to breathe. I mean, (laughs) the look that I probably would have given you, I'd have been like, well, I'm doing it right now. So what do I need to learn about? It happened to me this morning, this morning, my 7am client, he, I've been working with him and his wife for a while, and he's very athletic, uh, cyclist. And <laughs> we've been treating this uh, shoulder thing on and off. And like I know, like I, I, he comes in and I work with his hips, and um, actually, it mostly is one hip and one foot to help his shoulder. So that's kind of that's that's hard pill to swallow for some people alone. Okay, let alone Absolutely. me telling them about their breath. So I said, I don't know. I think there's an imbalance like around the diaphragm. And I think like some breathing techniques would really help you. This was a year and a half ago. He comes in this morning. He's like, oh, if I can start that breathing technique. And I almost fell over. I was like, oh, my God. Thank you. Like, just leave. Just go do that. Because that's when you're going to Give me back my hour. We did some great work. We had a great session. But, um, you know, <laughs> I think, I don't know, fact. Like, yeah, please work on your breathing. Um, And that's the, that's the, that's where ego falls into play. mm -hmm. Like there are so many people in the world that the way that they view being successful is they view it, how other people perceive them. And so we're actually doing things. A lot of us, I mean, I would say the vast majority of us who are either playing golf or whatever I'm doing from a fitness standpoint or basketball or we're all afraid to damage our ego. We're all afraid that somebody else is going to think that we look like an idiot. Uh, if I miss hit a shot on the driving range, like again, I'll use myself as an example. Okay. I'm this cocky 15, 16 year old kid who is fairly fast at the time when I'm, when I'm playing golf in high school. And if I miss hit a shot on the driving range, I was quickly looking around, looking side to side to see if anybody saw me miss hit it. And if somebody saw me, I'm going to slam the club on the ground. I'm going to cuss and be like, God, because I, at that moment in time, 
I cared more about how people perceived me than how I perceived myself. And that right there is like having the ability to lose ego and say, like, truthfully, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I miss hit a shot, whether it be in a, a clinic atmosphere or a tournament atmosphere, what's this person going to do? Are they going to go home and tell their, their wife or their husband say, Oh my God, this, this Trevor kid, geez, you should have seen it. I mean, he hit one of the worst shots I've ever seen in golf. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. Like, and, and, and then to my next point is, is that going to affect my life? <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not going to change my life. I can still come home. My wife's still here. I still have a house. I still have a job. Uh, I can still put food on the table. Okay. Me miss hitting a golf shot. No offense, but that's not going to change my yeah. life. But at that moment in time, if you'd have seen the way that I reacted to that, you'd have thought that I had a gun to my head and someone was about to pull the trigger if I mishit it. And, and it was a life-changing moment when in actuality you look at tour players, um, you take like a guy like Ben Hogan. He'd say that maybe in one round of golf, he'd hit one perfect shot. Mm. And then you go back to the mental psychologist, like Dr. Bob Rotella. Okay? Golf's not a game of perfect. Mm. Yeah? If you're searching for perfection, you're going to be sore, sorely disappointed mm. in what your results are. If you expect that every single shot's going to be perfect, this is going to be a high draw down the middle. And then I'm going to hit my, my next shot is going to be within five feet of the flag every single time. It's not reality. Okay? We're, yeah. we're dealing with humans here. We're not dealing with robots. Yeah. I, I wanted to say like, so this uh, 15 year old that you're describing, it sounds like you might like, like in a meta way, like kind of see him every week. You're like, Oh, I know that feeling. When you're Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and, 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 and if I go, if I go deeper into this, had I not had things like this happen to me personally in my life, I wouldn't be the coach that I am today. Truthfully, mm-hmm. if uh, I learned so much about things that you should do, things that you definitely shouldn't be doing, like um, getting angry and throwing golf clubs. Nothing good comes from that, not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It usually affected me for three to four to five holes after the fact that that happened from one shot, and then those three to four. Three to three to five holes. Guess what's happening to my score? Well, number one, I'm not competing against myself anymore because I'm so angry that the only thing that I care about is why I miss hit this wedge shot four holes ago, and it's relating and it's carrying on with me through my entire front nine. And the only way that I could actually restart myself is usually when I went from the ninth hole to the tenth hole, and I could kind of cut those two those two nines apart and say, "Well, okay, I've got a new nine now to try and try and succeed." That was kind of my control alt delete. So mm-hmm. wherever that would happen, it usually carried on for the remainder of those nine holes that I was playing. And I couldn't get out of that rut until I switched gears and I went to the back nine. I mean, that makes me think a real life application of golf. Really, you can do a lot of work like boardroom work out there because you potentially are seeing like these undertones, not just like someone's true colors, but like the undertones of like how much they're attached to that ego. Absolutely. And you want to do business with that person based on their behavior and their response to, I mean, that's why Yeah. there's so many fortune 500 companies that use golf for that reason. Okay. You're, you're out there with somebody for four hours. Okay. You get to learn a lot about, is this person a cheater? Um, How does this person act in times where, 
you know, they're trying to dig themselves out of the trenches. How do they respond to situations that don't go the way that they wanted on a golf course? Because guess what? Mm. The coolest thing about golf, in my opinion, is it, it is so closely related to life skills and life scenarios that we deal with on a daily basis. Okay? Generally speaking, most people deal with these the same way that they, they act in the sport that they're playing right here, which is golf. And so you can learn so much about these people in that setting. That's why I think a lot of Fortune 500 companies are, they, golf is such a big part of it mm-hmm. uh, because you get to learn so much about that person in four hours. Yeah. I mean, I'm just imagining how much, um, yeah, you can learn a lot about that person in four hours. But it's like, how important is this type of coaching for the younger athletes? Absolutely. it's You can get so much from this game. As I, I as I believe in many sports, we can absolutely. We this can isn't be, just golf in general. This is almost any sport I would say that we play. Yeah, like it. Yeah, to me, it just speaks to that um, that gratitude that we can have for challenging ourselves intentionally. Like I'm not playing golf for my life, you know. Like I'm playing golf to enhance my life. Like that's a wonderful situation to be in. You know, and the fact that I can get better on a mental, physical, um, even like the spiritual level if I'm letting go of ego is pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> it is. It, it, it absolutely is. And I think that's probably the thing that has gravitated me to the game of golf more than anything. Number one, it's a sport that I can play and I can continue to try and get better at for for, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nothing against basketball or football, but, uh, I mean, football players, I mean, apart from Tom Brady, how many people do we see playing football into their forties Yeah. or how many people, I mean, on one hand, (laughs) right. So like the peak years of our life are our twenties, thirties, forties. Okay. Well, football players, I mean, what's the average, what's the average, um, three, four years at the most four years is a lot. Maybe. It might be, it, I would guess it's probably closer to a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average lifespan of somebody playing football in the, in the NFL. Now, basketball might be a little bit longer because you're not, somebody's not throwing you to the ground um, every single time <laughs> you have football on your hand. Um, but, I mean, those sports, those, in my opinion, those have, there's, there's so much wear, more wear and tear on the body mm-hmm. than, what there is in golf, even though we're using our body athletically in golf, uh, we don't have the same physicality as far as somebody's hitting me or I'm throwing myself up against the ground to where I'm not balanced, uh, things like that. I, luckily, I can't even imagine trying to play golf if somebody was running at me and they were going to hit me after I hit a golf ball. That would be terrifying, to be honest with you. Um, so that's, that's the reason why I've gravitated to this sport. Um, and Truthfully, I, I know for a fact it's going to be a part of my life until I hope it's a part of my life until the day I die. Yeah, because like when you ask, you know, when you're invested this much in your work and you see life kind of through, you're seeing life through the lens of golf. That's what you just kind of said. I, you know, you see, you see the the improvements and all the juicy stuff we can get out of life through the lens of golf. And I see the same thing way through fitness and um, being exalted in your truth and and being your best person can happen. Um, 
And when you do that, like you don't really want to stop working, you know, like you don't want to stop. You don't want to retire from that. Like I'm already doing right. what I like. <laughs> For sure. And it is. It's one of the, it's so, it's such a cool thing that this sport gives you. Like, um, like one of the hardest things in life um, to be able to look is, is to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I've, I have a problem and I have to fix it. Okay. The same type of thing holds true in golf. Okay. If you're a slicer of the golf ball and that's the only shot that you can hit, you're probably not going to perform at your optimum level. And the number one thing is you have to be willing to admit that you have a problem. Okay. And number two, you probably don't know how to fix it on your own. Okay. That's where, that's where someone like myself or other coaches in the world where that's where, that's where they put, that's where their role is played. Yeah. My job is to help you navigate through that process effectively, quicker, um, to where you can reach what your goals are in the yeah, game of golf. I mean, yeah. But most people don't want to admit that they have a problem. Yeah. Like me, when I was younger, I didn't want to admit that I had a problem. I would try and kind of walk around this side and say, oh, well, I'll get to the, I'll get to this end of the path, the long route, as opposed to just looking at dead on in the eye and say, okay, I need to fix this and I need to change this, which for me was right up here. I need to change the way that I am thinking the way that my brain's working on a golf course. I need to work on the mental side of the game. It's not just a technique issue. So that was a hard, I mean, it took me a long time before I was finally willing to admit that, yeah, I I had an issue. I had an anger issue on the golf course. I was a perfectionist. And again, what's cool about that is that relates to life right there in general as well. And there's so many lessons that you can learn inside of the game of golf that aren't going to just help you with golf. They're going to help you with life in general too. Oh, retweet. Um, Anything else that we missed on physicality, fitness, um, athleticism, or do we have to schedule another recording? I think we should definitely do this again. (laughs) So fun. um, Absolutely. I would love to do this again. Yeah, totally. Um, the thing that I think I should point out is that when he's, when you're talking about like the fundamentals and things like that, and like taking on the right cues, I think, you know, if I could dive into what you said, I, 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 you didn't say that specifically, but Let me me dive into that a little bit more. Sure. Okay. Uh, So fundamentals. Okay. What I consider fundamentals are things that you are in control of. Mm. Okay. So you are in control of the way you put your hands on a golf club, whether it be a strong grip, whether it be a weak grip, uh, whether it be cross-handed, which I highly would not recommend. I saw that this weekend, Um, I think, or I saw that somewhere. I was like, no, that looks awful. Yeah. So, so that's going to be grip. That's going to be a controllable. Okay. The width that I place my stance, that is something it's a static movement and it's something that I'm in control of 100% of the time. I'm the one that gets to choose how wide my stance is. Okay. I get to choose how I set up to the golf ball, whether I bend from my pelvis, whether I round from my mid spine, whether I round my shoulders to elongate my arms to have a, lar- a, a larger arc. Okay. Those are things that I'm in control of. Okay? I'm in control of where I place the ball on my stance. I'm in control of the position of my eyes. Okay? This is what sets us up and gives us the ability to work on movements in motion. Because if we mess up that pattern right there and we don't understand how to set our bodies up to where we're in balance. Okay? Because if you are out of balance at setup, you're never going to be optimal. Because your body, no matter what you do, in an athletic range of motion or an athletic movement whatsoever, 
your body's always going to compensate to try and find balance. Um, this guy up here, he's not going to let you fall on, fall on your rear because you're set up out of balance, but you still want to create speed. It's not going to happen. Um, and so understanding these are, those are your controllables. One of the biggest things that I stress to not just tour players that I coach or really, really good players are, I mean, this is every person that I coach control your controllables and make those the things that you do the best. Yeah. The reason why most of the guys on the PGA tour where they're at is they are the absolute best at controlling their controllables and they are consistent with it day in and day out. That's why most of the guys that are on tour, they have a coach with them week in and week out Monday through Wednesday to make sure that they are in a good position to be able to perform Thursday through mm -hmm. Sunday. That is the main reason, in my opinion, um, when I've been taken to tournaments, that's, that's my job is to help them prepare and make sure that they're in a good place heading into competition. Once you're in competition, okay, it's go time. We're not thinking about any of that stuff anymore. We're working on the mental side of the game, shot shaping, how to get to certain numbers, getting to, back left pins, back right pins, mm. that type of stuff, well, of course, management. But, yeah, from a fundamental standpoint, grip, setup, ball position, those are what I would call controlling your controllables. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good place to put a pin in it because if, like, if we think about this for consumers, if people are selling you a product that's outside of the fundamentals – before you've even gotten through half of them, yeah. you got to go. Like there's no point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like those of you who, who are up on TV on the golf channel at one o'clock in the morning and you're, and you're buying the, this is going to fix your golf swing. It's not, I'm sorry. I mean, there are only, here's my number one training aid I use. Uh, it's from home Depot. It costs a dollar 29 and it's a mailbox stick. It's an alignment That's stick. Amazing. That is the number one training aid that I use. Okay. And that right there is directly back to controlling your controllables, which one of those is alignment. I should have thrown that in there. Yeah. So is that, for the that is the number one training aid that I use. Uh, the, the alignment yeah. stick. That's I use that for basically for club face lines, body lines to be able to make sure that you're set up in the direction that you want your golf ball to go um, so that you're not going to start compensating the club face first. If somebody aims too far left and they hit a straight golf ball, well, they're going to perceive that as they're like, oh, I pulled the golf ball. So their next compensation is probably going to be they're going to start to open up and hold the club face. And that's where we start to see over the top golf swings, slices and a lot of the times that stems strictly from a basic fundamental, which is alignment. Okay. Because if you were aimed too far to the right, you're probably not going to leave the face open and slice it even further right than what you're aimed. You're probably going to start to close the face. And now you're, now you're looking at hitting a draw versus hitting a fade or, or a slice or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, yeah, no, that made me think of uh, the, the instructor, the, the coach that I worked with before I met you was a gadget guy. And yeah. I felt like every time I left there, I was a little bit more confused. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I did some work, but it was like, it was so much information that I couldn't process any of it. 
That's the that's the scary thing is that's very easy to do yeah. in golf. Although I did enjoy the gadgets because they're cool. They're kind of interesting. Um, but they I don't know if they, I don't think they helped. But then, you know, 10 minutes with you and I was like in a completely different mechanics, like technique. And so so, yeah, so here, <laughs> here's the thing. Here, here's my this is a recommendation I'll give to you and all the, all the okay. viewers. Okay. If it is a gadget or it is a swing aid of some sort that is doing the work for you, it's not helping. If it is a training aid or it's a gadget that makes you have to work harder to increase your awareness and increase your feel of a movement, by all means, do it. Okay, That's great. If, if you're working on the right thing, okay. if it is a gadget that is doing the work for you, it's not going to help. In my opinion, I've seen it way too often where somebody, they take a PVC pipe bar and they put it on their arm so their arm never bends, okay? That's not building strength right here. That's just making it so that your arm can't bend. You don't have to do any work there. This thing's already yeah, here supporting your arm. your body arm. has no role in stabilizing it, so it's like a cast. Exactly. So your body doesn't use that area. Exactly, okay? And generally speaking, why people's left arm bends is not because they want to bend their left arm. It's going to be, remember this, okay? Every effect has a cause, okay? Most of us can go directly to what to what the effect is, okay? What makes my job as much fun as it is, is my job is to try and find out what's causing this effect. Because everybody can see an effect, oh, my left arm's bent, or oh, I'm not turning, or oh, I'm not doing this, okay? Every one of us could be a golf instructor if that's the mm. case. Okay? The problem is we don't understand the cause. What's causing it? And generally speaking, it goes right back to what I was talking about, controlling your controllables. It almost always has something to do with an effect of balance. Mm. I'll give you a quick example okay? for someone who bends their left arm too mm. much. Generally speaking, your weight is too much on your heels, which does not allow you to create a maximum range of motion as far as rotation with your pelvis, mm -hmm. movement of the hips, which allows your shoulders to turn. So if we can't turn and we've heard on the golf channel or we've heard in a magazine of some sort, or we've seen some bull crap on YouTube that says you've got to get the golf club to parallel to where the shaft is parallel to the ground. Guess how we start mm -hmm. to do it. Choppy chop. We yeah. lift and then we have to start bending our trail arm bending our lead arm to get that. And I haven't even moved my mm. shoulders yet. There you go. There's our cause. Okay. It didn't start from our arm though. Mm. It started from where we dispersed our weight at setup. Mm. Okay. Give you an example. Try jumping from your heels. Are you very athletic from oh, there? I've seen it a million times. I hate it. Yeah. It just looks like somebody's bouncing yeah. back. They're going backwards. They don't yeah. go, they don't absorb and, and move in a, Mm, graceful way. Your heels don't absorb the ground nearly as well as the balls of your feet do. Okay? The balls of your feet are where you create balance, and that's also where you create the most power. Uh, it's the most powerful part of the foot. I could let you dive into <laughs> what the foot is because I remember you telling me all the different muscle groups that were in the foot, and my mind was like, <laughs> holy cow, really? I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, I've got toes, I've got the balls of my feet, and I've got my heels, and uh, my Achilles, my Achilles tendon is somewhere in there, yeah. in that area right there. Okay, but that's that right there. That would be a very general. That's something that I see consistently. People are, they come to me and they're like, 
I hate that my arm bends. And they're like, why does my arm bend? I'm like, well, because your weight's on the, on your heels. And they're like, well, I never put two and two together. I, I would have never thought that my arm bends because of something to do with my feet. Mm-hmm. Back to what we talked about from a fitness standpoint and understanding your body better. Um, there's not very many athletic motions that we do from our heels. Yeah. And I can tell you jumping is definitely not one of them. Um, swinging a golf club, not very good. I'd love to see uh, Michael Jordan try and dunk a basketball jumping from his heels. He yeah. might get to the net. No, I have seen pra- people practice that just to like, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, don't don't worry about my Instagram scrolls. Um, all right. I think that was a really awesome conversation. I think, you know, guys, thanks for hanging in for nonfiction golf episode one. <laughs> We're definitely going to have a 1.2 or whatever yeah. it is, 2.0. We can call whatever you want, yeah. Jen. But we'll do this again for sure. This is awesome. I could I could sit here. I could talk for another hour or two easily. That's my goal, you know, is ongoing conversation because the opposite of this type of growth and this type of potential is binary thinking and believing that you need so much of this external resource to improve something in here when, you know, a little bit of like the little bit of the right amount of coaching can go a very long way. And like, when you believe in that versus I need all these things and I have to get better if I I need to buy this club and putter, then I don't know, you're missing out on a lot. And the, the, and then the point of like the ongoing conversation is to continually question and continually um, reflect and integrate because you can't integrate any of the stuff that I just talked about with you without coming back and hanging out again. Like I, all that stuff I spewed at you about muscles isn't going to make a ton of sense tomorrow. But if you come back with a question about it, makes it'll 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 start integrating. For sure. Like that, that's one of the big things I ask all my players. I challenge them. I, I say to them, I say, if you have questions on the information that I'm giving you, okay, challenge me on it. Okay. Ask me why, why is not a bad question. Okay. That doesn't mean that you're, that I'm right or you're wrong. For me, I see that as a positive because that shows that you really care and you want to get better at what you're doing. Ask why always, always never, do not be afraid to challenge the person that you are taking information Absolutely. from. Yes. That, and I'd say that's a quality of my best clients too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Those are the people that are the most successful that I coach because they're constantly, they're trying to get better. They're not just coming for a golf lesson and then, all right, I'll see you in two weeks. And they never pick up a club until then. And then they come back and they're like, what are we going to work on? And I said, well, what'd you work on the last two weeks? Oh, I haven't touched a club. And, and truthfully, I'll say to him, then why are you here? Mm-hmm. Because you're wasting my time and you're wasting yours. You're not doing anything to get better. Mm. Yeah. Um, so. I think, yeah. I, anyways, thank you so much. I got, I think that was a great full spectrum conversation about the wonderful game of golf. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, All right. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Jen, and look forward to seeing you down here in San Antonio soon. One day. Oh. Um, yeah, for we'll sure. get you down here this winter. All right, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. We'll talk Bye. to you soon. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with Trevor and I on Think Fit Be Fit podcast. We would love to hear from you uh, during our live uh, Instagram event. So be sure to head on over to follow Trevor at Trevor Salzman Golf and myself at Jennifer Simone Schwartz. We the podcast is also on Instagram and Facebook at thinkfitbefit underscore podcast. Sign up for the newsletter so you can stay in touch and get notifications on when we're going live, what educational resources we are sharing about um, all sorts of exercise science, movement science, holistic health, you name it, because as you know, being fit is much more than going through the motions. It's a whole entire ecosystem of approaching your fitness, approaching your body, and being your own advocate. So I look forward to hanging out with you there. And if you want to support this podcast, please head on over to ladder.sport. Use Think Fit. No, sorry, BFIT10 <laughs> in the discount code BFIT10. And you will get your discount. You can also subscribe and get a bigger discount on high-performance supplements with NSF certification from the brain and brawn of LeBron James and his trainer. These supplements are high quality. I have been using the protein. It's a plant-based protein, and it's definitely contributing to... um, just more efficiency every day. Like I'm still running a practice full time in Alexandria, Virginia and having the protein shake when I am working and especially during a day that I also work out has been great and I love the taste. No nasty stuff in there, nice and clean. I've also been using their pre-workout which definitely has beta alanine in it um you know my boyfriend's liking it i have used it once or twice so i'll report back on that as well i hope to hear from you and please let us know what you are learning on this podcast and have a great week